With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Touchline Interviews. This evening I'm joined by newly minted Tutin Beck manager Brian Zinger. Brian, how's it going, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, not bad. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, how are you feeling? I'm happy, man. Um, I can't wait to get started. You know, I've already started talking with the people at the club, so... Cool. The hard work starts now, really. Yeah, so uh, I might as well, we may as well start right now. Um, so in terms of, obviously, we're all on lockdown, we're in the middle of a pandemic. What impact does that have on you as a manager? My understanding is that everything, in terms of the season, your season, the rest of the season's done and you're not going to be starting until next season, yeah? Is that yeah. correct? Cool. So what impact does that have on you in terms of managing? Do you know the players you're going to be working with next season already? Do you have to go and get them during the summer break, whenever that's going to be now? Exactly what, what does it mean for you at the moment, day to day? For me, day to day is mainly just like talking with the people that were already at the club, you know, getting to know the players and the people and that work in there. And I think, you know, some managers may think oh, we can't really start doing anything now, but I've been like, helping as a group of people with the chairman and um, and myself and all the other coaches involved to start to get to know them. I think that's mainly important. I mean, I see that as priority number one and what it's the perfect time to do so. You've got loads of time on your hands on weekends. Um, obviously, not bothering people one day in their nine to fives, but yeah. just, um, getting to know them as people first and then understanding how you can use that when you get to the training pitch eventually. Do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, that's what I'm doing now, man. I'm just studying, studying cool. the players and people. 
Cool. So you're 26, very young to become a manager of a football team. <laughs> um, tell us a bit about your journey, how long you've been coaching and how you got to, to Tootenbeck. Um, how long I've been coaching? Maybe since I was 17, 18. Okay. Um, so originally from um, Toss Hill um, in, in South London. Um, I used to work with, uh, well, I used to be a of an organization called St. Matthew's um, yeah. in Toss Hill. Um, I used to you know, train there. Um, and all the people there were like absolutely lo- lovely to me. And a lot of my brothers and sisters that used to do that as well. And then I think from there, it, it literally just spread on from there, really. Once I got to uni, um, from college, I didn't really pick it up too tough. Um, I was more interested in like um, just getting to know people. Um, and I think that's obviously a really important part of when you're, when you're a coach, basically. And I think with my friends, I've always been like a supporter, advisor, a motivator and stuff. Um, so in terms of skills acquired, I think I've been acquiring skills to become a coach for a long time. I mean, so so now went to went to university, studied something completely different. You know, yeah. I um, studied university, studied IT. Okay. Um, came back, um, finished university, and it was I was happy. You know, what I mean, I was happy. Um, and I was just thinking, actually, let me just continue with the IT. So I did an internship for a while, and then I think. It got to a point where I was thinking, hmm, is this definitely what I want to do? And obviously, I had a passion for football regardless, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I was thinking, hmm, actually, let me try and give it, give, it, give it a chance. And there was a period of time where we were moving from Tars Hill to, to Croydon. And I got to meet a few people who allowed me, to, um, gave me the opportunity to basically to coach, essentially. Um, and then I went home, first of all, and then just my mom and dad, and I said, um, I've got this plan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So give me two years to obviously, try and I can execute the name. Obviously, you come from African heritage, so to say, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I got a degree in IT, and I want to drop that <laughs> on a football coach. You're definitely going to yeah, get yeah, a, few, yeah. a few raised eyebrows. No, of course, of course. Do you know what I mean? I think, um, I think what I loved about my parents at that particular time, they were very supportive. I mean, they, they understand, like, um, it's important to do what you're passionate about or even try. Do you know what I mean? I said, like, mom and dad, let me try this. If it doesn't work or it's not successful, um, I will go back to uni, study, or do something else, basically, that I'm yeah. passionate about or willing to pursue, basically. And, and then after that, I literally just got my head down and literally started working, working towards it. And I just obviously had my own personal ambitions and goals. Um, to get to where I am and then I think one of the key moments before deciding to, to actually let me join a grassroots team and coach was I had a university of ex- a university experience that was quite similar so okay. we had like a university ACS team um, and we was competing against um, Leicester University at the time and I was the captain or the designated captain by my friends um, and they were like oh what are we going to do how are we going to prepare and I was like I don't know do you know what I mean so yeah. um and then I think that's that's where, I, in terms of planning preparation, that's where it, it stuck out for me, basically. Um, and then after that, actually joined the, um, that experience was fantastic. Working with them, getting to know what their strengths and weaknesses are, being selfless, like putting myself in a position where I'm not really, um, let's say, the influence. Do you know what I mean? Because when you're when you're leading your friends, you're more like, okay, I'm gonna put myself at the front. Yeah. And I was like, no, there's loads of other players that are better than me per se at that time. Um, mm. And then 
Um, I think that's where you know we, we managed to win that game and basically while everyone was celebrating, I was just sitting there thinking, wow, like not I did this, but like, I helped everyone do this together. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So and I think that's when the, the that's when the sparks started flying really. So when I came back fast forward and back to when I took after I had the conversation with mum, um I, I was I joined an organization called Reaching High. Um, and they were a grassroots football academy in Croydon. Um, and then they just gave me the opportunity to coach, which is what I want. So I, I left my internship, got a job in Tesco and just started coaching. And Ooh, cool, since then... Cool. And it's just yeah. been on, onwards and upwards from there, yeah? Literally, bro, literally. Sounds good, sounds good. So we, we talk, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, but we talk quite a bit about different coaches and their different philosophies, how they like to implement things. What would you say is your philosophy? I listened to the interview you did the other day and you mentioned your ambition, which is great. Uh, what's your philosophy? What sort of football do you aim to play? If you have a philosophy, that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think my I think my intentions are mainly forward thinking. You know what okay. I mean? it's, it's, can, can we be positive? Can we impose ourselves um, on the game? You know what I mean? And that's even defensively, not only attacking. So sometimes when you're defending, you might think, oh, we're not in control, but you actually can be. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So if you look at teams like Atletico Madrid and stuff like that, they might think just because they don't have the ball doesn't mean they're not in control of the situation. But for myself, I think it's mainly um, can we be positive? Can we think forwards? Um, I think that's probably one of the biggest things. And for cool. me, one of my personal f- philosophies is like togetherness. I think togetherness is really, really important. Having that emotional connection with the players and the players having an emotional connection with each other and being mentally present. Do you know what I mean? So I think with all of those things, you can kind of peel away and talk about like technical ability and tactics and stuff like that. But I think those three things are what is like an extension of my personality. Do you know what I mean? So now I'm trying to get the players to to feel confident, to be together as a unit, win, lose or, or draw in anything. So, cool. Um, yeah. Interesting. So, so you mentioned Atletico, which may raise a few eyebrows because I know obviously they've been pretty successful over the last decade yeah. or so but they aren't necessarily the most aesthetically pleasing on the eye. Uh, <laughs> what, yeah. what, what teams do you like to watch? What teams do you like to oh, watch? So what, me, to, yeah, yeah, like you, you're there like, okay, I can see what they're putting together. You're even taking notes to yourself. Like there are things that I've seen yeah. here that I can potentially implement on the, on the training pitch. So what team do you enjoy watching? And there's no shame if Etico's one of those teams. No, see. no, do you know what it is? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think, I think what, what I meant by that was like how they use that situation or that scenario yeah, to yeah, control what's going on. Course, yeah, 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 yeah. In, in terms of like my, my spare time and like what I like doing, I probably watch City, probably watch Dortmund a lot at the moment. And I like, che- like Chelsea, well, I support Chelsea. I like how Chelsea are evolving at the moment. Yeah. Um, and when I can, I try to watch um, RB Leipzig just because I'm, a, I'm an Eaglesman kind of fan. Okay. So he, whenever it's on TV... Yeah, you, you talk about togetherness, and I think I was reading yeah. where he was mentioning something like um, player management is 70, 70% managing the players emotionally and from a man, management perspective, and it's 30% of the tactics. And yeah, <clears throat> obviously, okay. you being really young, I, I don't think he's not 40 yet, is he? Is he even 35 yet? I don't, I don't think so. I don't, but, I, don't, I don't think so. So that's somebody who obviously hands... Like, fingers crossed, if everything goes well for you, that's somebody... Yeah, he's 32. So, there's <laughs> obviously, you can see parallels between himself being a, a very young coach. Uh, that leads on to my next question, 
Uh, being 26, it's natural that you're going to have to manage players who are older than you. Uh, you came up from Sutton, you're assistant manager at Sutton, uh, Common. How have you managed that over, over your career? How, how do you, tell us about the struggles and the things that people may be surprised about in terms of trying to get that um, respect from people who are older than you. And obviously, at this level, this isn't their nine to five. So this is what yeah, they do. Yeah, so so how, how, what, what, what issues have you had with that and how have you managed those? I think in terms of managing people older than you, I think, I think the first thing which is really, really important to do is probably set the foundation. Okay. I, mean, I think set, set the soil, set, um, okay, what is our common goal? Regardless of age, whether you're 35, 19, 18, what do we want to achieve all together, basically? And I think it starts first. And immediately after that, is then, that's why I think my period of time now is getting to know them. That is most vital. So getting them to understand them as a person, because there's, well, I've got friends and mentors who are way older than me, some of them really young, but I, um, I classify them as close. Just because we have a common goal, we have a common understanding, we've got mutual respect. And I think once that is met, I don't often think age is a thing. You know what I mean? It's not, I don't think, I've never really had a, a situation where someone said to me, oh, you're young and you don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? I think there's, on the training field is where I would like to show them, actually, I'm, I believe in myself, I'm confident, I've actually practiced, I've made loads mm. of mistakes in training. But, and I'm not, I'm not perfect. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's about how can we help each other? So that's my biggest thing. So I mean, so and at the end of the day, you know, some, when when teams win, the managers get credit, but yeah. it's the players that are playing at the end of the day. So that's yeah. why I said everything in terms of playing philosophy or philosophy as a club is about being together, and it's about empowering the players to believe that can do they can yeah. do anything. You know what I mean, so um, but yeah. So in in terms of struggles, I think <laughs> I remember when I had my my first training session with adults, just in general. Um, I used to um, work with a, um, a women's team before I joined uh, men's football. And then I was delivering a training session for the first time. And then um, um, something that I learned in one of my courses was about high ball rolling time and getting the balance between saying stop and stand still yeah. and just letting them play, essentially. Mm. I think we was working on like, what should the goalkeeper do after we've tried to play out from the back, essentially? And I froze, I froze the session. I was like, okay, I would like you to go here and fall back, you do this, and send a mid, you do that. And then the player said to me, um, oh, come on, let's, let's speed up. And then in my head, I was like, wow. Okay, mental note. And I said, just let's play. So then obviously, the second moment, when it happened again, when it was, when it was another coachable moment, essentially, I was just like, okay, how can I do this differently? You know I mean? So essentially, I wouldn't consider that was a mistake, but it was just a learning curve. I mean, so it's about, okay, how am I learning on the go? Um, but yeah, so, and that's, that was one of my first experiences working with um, adults. So I think I don't have an issue, you know, being young. Oh, you're ready. You're ready. 18-year-old, 35-year-old veteran. You're, you're ready to manage them all, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm going to try. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio keto-friendly dairy snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Um. 
Talking more about your coaching philosophy, obviously you've got managers, managers who tend to set a tone and ethos for the club and have everybody pulling in one direction. And then you have people who are more like coaches who may do some of the managing aspect, but they kind of, their bread and butter is on the training pitch, coming up with the different patterns of play that the team are going to be playing with. Which one would you say you lean more towards? I think um, sometimes I, um, I think there's like a, a persona where you can't do both. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, and I think that's what I want to do. I want to try to understand the people. I want to try to get to know them and find them what motivates them. So then obviously then naturally when we're on the training field, I can coach that. And then I know not to actually, listen. I'm not going to shout at you because that's not, you might not respond to that well. But then on a match day when the scenario happens, you're not going to feel confident enough to do it. So I think I'm trying to get a balance between both. You know what I mean? So, and obviously, because of my upbringing in terms of coaching experience, I would say my upbringing would say, oh, he's more of a coach. Mm. I think it's more, it's more than possible, you know, anyone and everyone can, um, if you work hard enough to get the balance, you can do both. 100%, you know, you look at managers like Klopp and, and Guardiola and, and people like that, and I'm sure that they do both. Yeah. They, they yeah, take definitely. pride in getting to know their players. They take pride in making sure that they're okay, their families are okay, but then also taking pride in their coaching. You know what I mean? In terms of how they're going to play attacking or defending. Cool. Um, there'll be people who'll be listening to this pod and they're either thinking about getting into coaching or they're ready in coaching, probably not as advanced as you are. So I'd like you to just spend a bit of time explaining like, how you go, go about getting your badges, um, hurdles you've had to overcome. Yeah, uh, talk a bit on that, Brian, if you would. I think um, in terms of getting into coaching, I think um, you would have to be enthusiastic, be passionate first. I think that's one of the first things. I think that's a, a number one criteria, to be fair. Be passionate about wherever you're going to go into. Um, be ready, like understand what you're signing up for, that coaching is just not telling people what to do on a football pitch. There's more to that. And be willing and open to do that. Um, believe in yourself, be yourself, which is really important. Do you know what I mean? So when you're working with whatever age group, whether it's under nines or under 16s or, uh, or professional athletes, I think that's what is um, important in terms of like what it takes. I believe has helped me become um, um, a coach, essentially. So in terms of going to get your badges, I think it's about, um, you know, you, you can sign up on, online and find an account, which is like a football association number, and then find a team. Find a team who's willing to, to take people on board. Be, re be ready and eager to volunteer your time. I mean, so I think that's probably the most important thing. Get practice. You know, to be good at anything, you need to practice. You need to rehearse. You need to make mistakes. You need to, be, you need to win. You need to lose. You need to yeah. you know, go through one of those things. I think that's what I would say. Um, and then look to educate yourself. Cool. cool. Look to educate yourself. Level one, two safeguarding, futsal, whatever's of interest. Um, um, yeah, I think those cool. combinations. i got a question from one of our interviewers, uh, interviews, you know, one of our listeners. Um, <laughs> what was the interview process like? So explain the interview process for you to get the role. Um, the interview process was, was, was well, I think it was, to be fair, it was fun. I enjoyed it. To, um, and I think what I had to do Obviously, that this was being my first footballing, like official structured interview. Essentially, um, when I was at Sutton Common Rovers, um, I knew somebody who helped me get into that opportunity, and then obviously 
Darren and Donovan um, believed in me to, to carry on working there. But in regards to, um, to tooting, I prepared a presentation, do you know what I mean? And, and I had to present in terms of a bit about myself, what are my people values, um, what do I feel like I will bring to the club in terms of um, coaching, do you have any ideas, I had to do research on the club. Um, and I think that's why um, be ready is one of the important things to me. So if I, it didn't, if I didn't feel like I was ready to take a risk like that or a leap like that, I wouldn't have done it. I mean, so and I think it's all about preparation. Um, once I had my interview with the chairman, um, the, the reserve team manager and a few other members that were that are part of the club, um, just present it to them and try and engage them. You know what I mean? So and make them feel it was like an interactive presentation almost. It wasn't just me talking for about 45 minutes. Yeah. You know I mean? so, um, so I think that, that was the interview process like. And then had um, the first one, then um, I had another interview where we were just talking about what the club means to them and how does that does that match. And obviously yeah. I think that's really, really important. Um, and because you might join a club and you might think, actually deep down, I don't believe in what they're, you know, what they're doing. But I think the second meeting was, was really, really important um, for myself and George. Um, and then, and then that, that was, that was really it to be fair. Um, but I think, it, yeah. yeah. But I think definitely the, the presentation was really, really important. You know I mean, I think it's doing your homework was, was crucial. Um, um, and those IT skills came in handy, yeah? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Most> well, <laughs> the, the PowerPoint skills, you know, the exactly. animations and exactly. all that. Exactly. Uh, another yeah. question from a listener. Um, I was going to ask this anyway. Um, yeah. have, first, this is my question. Have you used Tutan Beck on Football Manager yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. You know, I need, to, I need to start a new save. I'm just <laughs> finishing my own with Leicester, to be cool. fair. You know, we're yeah. doing pretty well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. I, and the second question, uh, would you say football manager was a reason behind you wanting to get into management? Um, I think probably, you know, subconsciously. I mean, so I've I, I played football manager for years, do you know what I mean? So, um, and it's been a fantastic game. It's highs and lows. It's, it's yeah. emotional and everything. It's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's intense. That's I'm sure really, you understand. That's really brought me to some dark, dark things. <laughs> I remember. Um, I think I was, uh, one summer, I was playing a two-man game with my cousin. Yeah. And uh, a little cousin was over and we were playing a, a match. He was uh, Chelsea. I was Man U. Yeah. And I asked our little cousin to go to the plug in the wall and pull it out because I was losing <laughs> But I told, I told him to do it with a bit of style. Like, I act like he accidentally stepped on it or something. Like, stepped on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, course, like yeah but he goes to the plug and he just yanks it out. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, you know, it, it makes, it it makes like you that. do... It gets like that, man. I think, and I think while playing that game, I think, obviously, it's entertaining. It's a laugh. Um, you know, me and my friends at university, we used to play like a three-man online league. It was absolutely incredible, intense, highs and lows, someone being like in trouble with the press and in trouble with their players and stuff like that. Yeah. It, was, it was all a part of the experience. But I think one of the biggest learning curves that I learned from that is I used to just think to myself, actually, I would want to do this in real life. Do you know I mean, what does this actually take? Yeah. And that's when I was going back to my university experience with my ACS, um, the uni ACS football team. Yeah. It actually, it made me feel, actually, let me just try. I mean, let me just try and do it with, who I know, my friends, the people that I can trust. My social and they, circle, they, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they believed in me at the time as well. So then I just thought, let me apply what I'm trying to get, you know, Sterling to do down the wing. You know I mean? so, <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, so I think that, yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a mix, definitely. Cool. Um, 
What are your ambitions going into next season? Obviously, the interview you did the other day, you mentioned how ambitious the club is, how ambitious you are. Um, have you kind of like written down what you want to achieve with the club and the group of players you'll have going into next season? Or is that kind of playing it as the season goes on? Um, I think we have um, our own ambitions. Um, but the, what is in summary of it's just in, improving what we did last season. Do you know what I mean? So even though how did they, how did you do last season? So they, they were, how were they doing last season? I should say. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they were fourth. They were in the promotion places. Oh. Do you know what I mean? So and so it was. It's unfortunate. Do you know what I mean? So like we were, they were so close to, to achieving because you know Tuton's background is quite. You know, coming out from two thousand and four is it's been a, a massive sprint almost in terms of divisions and stuff and experience and where they've come from and credit to everyone that's involved in that in that period of time. And I think going into next season, it's just about can we continue to maintain, sustain and improve? I mean, mm-hmm. that might be improving defensively or improving going forwards mm. or actually we need to convert more of our crosses to get goal scoring opportunity. Just little mm. things or changing people's attitudes or mentality, just little 1% here and there um, yeah. to make an overall big difference from can we get from fourth to second to wherever else. You know I mean? fine, fine margins. You were, yeah, yeah, you, one, yeah. You were in that interview with the uh, technical director, I think, of your, your club. Uh, how much do you use data analysis at, at, at that level? So you're talking about conversion of crosses. It's something like you might go to a player like, uh, yeah, you're connecting with 10% of crosses in your area. And of those 10%, you're connecting with 50% of them are on target. Or does it get yeah. to that level of depth? or? <laughs> to be fair... Um... Well, I can't speak for you know anyone else in terms of like clubs at this level or anything like that. But I think for me, um, I try to create my own kind of pool of information that I can use that will be beneficial for the players and that will be beneficial for me. Do you know what I mean? So in, even in regards to that, I've given players the players some homework to do already. Do you know what I mean? To, to for me to help me get to know them and even understand them and what they feel about themselves as footballers. But what I have done in the past is like have you know on, on match day while I'm sitting on the bench. I'm you know, taking notes and then I'm able to share that at half time. Do you know what I mean? Or after the game or um during training, actually guys we did X, Y, and Z. Do you know what I mean? So I think I think it's up to um the coach or it's up to the people in the club if they want to do that. Not everybody's able to do that. Um I think that's just down to your personal, you know, ambitions and if you're able to sustain it. Because you wouldn't want to yeah. do that just for two weeks and then, and then it's gone. Do you know what I mean? So I think um for me. Um, it's something that I like to do because I think data is important, whether it's visual, whether it's just one-minute clips or whether it's tally charts or graph charts. Or, you know what I mean? so, um, but yeah, that's it. Cool, cool. Sounds good. Um, what do you look for in a player? So, I mean, uh, something that we're, we're big fans of on our podcast is uh, we tend not to be blinded by form, as it were. So, uh, <laughs> player player X may have 15 goals, player yeah. uh, Y may have seven goals, and we might come on the pod and be adamant that player Y is better than player X, regardless of the fact that player um, X has twice the amount of goals, break down what sort of skills off the kind of just seven goals, three assists, the player has that makes him more valuable. So yourself, when you're looking for a player, when you're scouting players, because you'll be bringing players in for your club, what do you look for in a player? What are the attributes you look for? I think first and foremost is that they're a good person. Because the, the, the reason why I say that is because 
if you if you bring someone that who isn't, it can affect the dynamic of the team. To me, so let, if if you give an example, um, if I had a, a a right back who wasn't who had a negative attitude towards the game, it might affect how the the winger performs, or it might affect the confidence in centre back to think actually should I pass it to him and all of that stuff. So I wouldn't want to create that sort of doubt or that sort of um, um, negative, you know, pre thoughts or mindset or anything like that. So I think definitely, are you able to be, are you willing to abide to the rules in terms of the, the group? Are you willing to buy into the club and its ambitions and, and how we're looking to move forward? Um, that's probably number one for me. And then I think, secondly, it's probably, be, you know, confidence in terms of with your ability on the ball. So, I mean, even if it was like um, one of your super strengths is, is, is headering or winning aerial duels, do you have pride in some sort of technical um, aspect of the game? I mean, so I, I used to work with a player who was really good at taking a touch out, running, and then crossing, crossing into the box. I said, that's fine. If that's your super strength, that's okay. How many times are you going to put yourself in a position to master your super strength? Mm. I mean, so, and I think it's about repetition. So I think it's people, that players are able to have confidence in their whatever assets they have, they're known to have. Because sometimes, when you work with players or when you join a new club, people might think, oh my gosh, he's just going to change everything or he's going to change me as a person. You know, I never used to play out and I'm not really good at my football. It's about, no, it's understanding what you have, what super strength you have at the moment. And if the if you do have areas of improvement, then how can we tailor, tailor them a, um, a bit so they're not completely and utter error-prone weaknesses? Mm. You know what I mean? So um, I think those are probably the two major things I would look for. Everything else is a bit... Um, Surplus, obviously, you know, by the by, yeah, yeah, yeah. But cool. I think those, those two are paramount, yeah, cool, cool, cool. So, obviously, I'm imagining at 26, you're probably going to be one of the younger managers in the league. Uh, on top of that, you're a black man. Yeah, um, yeah. do you talking about your pr- the pressures going in? Do you feel pressure in terms of expectation f- from you? As you're, you're obviously representing, there's not a lot of black coaches in football, full stop. Um, what sort of pressure do you, do you feel on your shoulders going in? Some people say he's too young. Some people whisper other things that probably aren't so nice. What sort of pressure? <laughs> yeah, what sort of pressures do you have going in? Um, I I don't think I have any pressures going in. I mean, I, what I'm really happy with Tutin as the club, they've been very supportive. They've been very, you know, we're going to back you. We believe in you. And I think in any any background, whether you're working in football or any other industry. When you have people that believe in you, you almost feel like confident, you feel assured, you feel you can move forward and evolve. So I don't think I feel any pressure. I think pressure is maybe something that I might create on myself. Mm. I mean, so in some standards I might create for myself, but I want, I'm not going to let anybody or outside people um, try to affect my mentality or the people that I plan to work with or my players. You know what I mean? So um, we're going to have our own, we're going to have our own bar. And we're definitely going to um, manage that. Fantastic. So um, I'll definitely be keeping a lookout for your, your results going into next season, whenever it does start. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, whenever it does start. And uh, no matter how it goes, uh, hopefully, actually not hopefully, I want you to agree now to come on the pod at some point during next season just to fill yeah. us in on how on how things are going, how, how your first season <laughs> in, how your first season as a manager is going. Yeah, 100%, man. Why not, man? And I want to say thanks to Pels, man, who, who provided me with this opportunity. Yeah, yeah well. no, 
no worries at all, man. I wish you all the best of luck. I'll follow the Twitter page. I'll keep an eye out on your results. And yeah, good luck in the future, bro. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate yeah, it. I expect you to do big things. <laughs> Hopefully. Nice man. one, man. Take care. Yes, sir. Alright, peace. We all have different tastes in music. Some of us like hip hop, some of us like vaporwave. So shouldn't we all be able to have different wireless options too? Because while one person might need unlimited, shared data might work better for someone else. And other people could be into having a mix of each, all in one plan. But that's their way, exactly the way they want it. It's your wireless, your rules, only with Xfinity Mobile. Go to XfinityMobile.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Requires post-pay Xfinity internet. Podcast Network.